Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. This week, we are going to talk about peace. Peace tells us that everything is okay, or I am okay. That's it. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And see. So I think one of the peace gives us this feeling of we're okay and safety. So it's really important when we're working with trauma and we're working with stress that we identify moments of peace and we allow ourselves to sit in them. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people actually really struggle with that idea of when things are calm and I am safe, allowing the safety. Well, some people don't even know what peace is supposed to feel like, I think, along with what you're saying, like, especially if there has been a long history of trauma, complex things like that. Like if we don't know what peace feels like, we don't know what we're working towards. Like with what you're saying that everything is going to be okay, people don't know what they're working towards often. And so we say like, oh, well, when you feel peace, you'll know that everything's going to be all right. And some people are like, I've never felt like everything's going to be all right. So I don't even know what you're referring to. So I think with what you're saying, it's really huge to say this might be an emotion as much as we're talking about like all these other emotions too. This might be one that people don't know if they've had a true experience of, but there's also levels of peace. So we talk about like serenity. We talk about all these different things that are essentially like different depths of peace. And it, you don't have to discount that you haven't gotten to the depth of true, what you feel like is true peace. If you've been able to just hit the surface, that still counts as peace. So I think people often are like, well, I haven't had one of those like whole body experiences of feeling peace. And they say, therefore, I haven't had it. And I think part of that's part of trauma, but that's also part of the idea of we're not discounting any level you have had. You don't have to reach the depth of it to feel like you've truly made it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think in that we need to see that some people spend their whole lives trying to deepen peace for themselves. And so there isn't like you don't max out on peace. Yeah. (laughs) Because peace is the feeling that safety is there and you can feel that it's something you can create for yourself Mm -hmm. and it's something that you can deepen and we can absolutely create peace for ourselves. And so if you say, I haven't felt peace or I'm not sure peace is possible. The truth is peace is possible. Mm -hmm. It's a learned experience too, just like feeling unsafe is a learned experience. And so if you feel like I'm not good at feeling peace, that just means you need to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things in therapy is um, watching someone experience peace for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It's so much fun on my end. It's. I think it's probably fun on their end too. Yeah, it can either be really fun. It can be disorienting. Uh, there's a range of reactions to someone feeling peace. Uh, peace, like all of the emotions, gives us information. And when they're getting new information for the first time, it's just fun to see the reactions. Mm-hmm. Like Jen was saying, you can experience peace at any time, which sounds very counterintuitive because some people are in dangerous situations. Some people are in 
very plush circumstances. And those people in plush circumstances might not ever experience peace because uh, challenges are an important part of being human. And if we're not being challenged, we're not growing. And so those people may not experience peace. Whereas someone in a dangerous situation can be doing things, uh, setting healthy boundaries, moving to get out of a dangerous situation, and they can experience moments of peace where they're, like Haley was saying, just um, that things are going to be okay or a small bit of peace, not that everything is okay now. I like that you brought that up, that that want makes me want to bring us back to this idea. I don't know if we've talked about the window of tolerance before. We've touched on it a couple of times. So I'm going to go over the window real quick, just so you get, for those of you who are unfamiliar, the window of tolerance is, is that we have this window in which we function well. It's called optimal functioning. And then we have hyper arousal, which is similar to the fight flight. Flooding type of situation. Um, and then we have hypo arousal, which is similar to the freeze response, the fawn response, and that paralyzed. I always think of, I learned when I learned about hypo arousal, they had the video of the tranquilized polar bear. So mm-hmm. I always think of it's my polar bear state when I'm in hypo arousal, which just as a background, so they're watching a polar bear. It's they're, they're doing like a, a safety check on all the animals in the area with the wildlife, um, crew and so they are tranquilizing it so they can take statistical measurements make sure that it's a healthy you know part of the wildlife reserve and so that you see this polar bear running they're in a helicopter they're you know shooting their tranquilizer gun they get the bear the bear is calm for a little bit they all get out and they're like okay like let's start taking some measurements now that we know he's you know asleep and they're looking at him they're like measuring everything and then the wildlife reserve guy's like, okay, I want everyone to step back because what's about to happen is he's not waking up, but his body needs to release all the adrenaline that just got built up. And you see him all of a sudden kind of spasm and it's because his body has to physically make that release. And so, and then all of a sudden he's still again and he's not And dead. taking really deep breaths. Yeah, he's taking deep breaths. He's like kind of, you know, with what you're saying is that peace i guess with that but yeah that's a good movie he moved back into the optimal zone right Mm -hmm. and so that idea um that we work with people who have if you're not experiencing a lot of peace then i would say give a small window of tolerance for um stress and this is hard to say because it's not doesn't mean you're not managing stress it means your body is reacting to this idea that you're under stress versus Peace is that middle optimal zone of I'm okay, I can handle this. You're like a finely tuned mechanism. And it's just saying that your body is very fine tuned in the sense of it notices like one tiny thing that changes with it. And some people, they have a very wide availability where they're like, you know what? Uh, My body can go through all these different things. There's a lot of different movements that can happen. It's not going to change how my body's responding and other people due to past circumstances, how they're raised, how they have gone through trauma, how they've gotten resourcing, whatever it is. But sometimes a slight change will actually change how they are able to respond. So I think of it like a spring and sometimes there's a huge spring and not much is going to change once you do it. But if there's a smaller spring, it's going to require maybe a lot more. And it's not to say someone, like you said, doesn't have the capacity, but it's the idea that they're a lot more uh, sensitive 
and not in like an emotional sensitive, like, oh, they're sensitive, but like, but like an instrument is sensitive. Yeah. Like an instrument sensitive where it's like, it's going to pick up like a microphone. It's going to pick up every single little thing it hears. Like we had to move a clock out of the room because this is a very sensitive microphone. Another microphone, like on my computer may not hear the clock because it's not as sensitive. And that's just because it's built and it has different functioning. And so it's not because one's better than the other necessarily. I don't use this setup when I'm doing online therapy with people because what I need is a little different. And so it's just about everyone has their own kind of parameters of how they pick up on things and then how the experience piece is going to be how they know how to like work with that parameter. On the flip side, there are people mostly relationships that are peace intolerant that they grew up in such a chaotic environment that when things do calm down they haven't learned how to feel peace yet and they don't know what to do with peace and so there will always be an emergency there will always be a crisis because the system the family the marriage the whatever relationship the parent-child relationship will only seem to function well and that's just the best way to say function well. It doesn't mean it looks like or it feels like it's functioning well under a crisis. And um, until we learn how to tolerate peace, until we learn how to sit in that place, there will continue to be a crisis to help the family or marriage function well. And that ties really into this idea if um, if you struggle with any kind of addictive behaviors. Because addictive behaviors, a lot of people will claim that those those calm them down. They're going to use something to that effect. They're actually numbing and they're moving you from a hyper arousal state into a hypo arousal state versus moving you into this functioning state. And so part of what we work on as therapists is actually opening that zone of optimal performance so that you can function without the addiction and you don't feel like you're unsafe at the same time. And we look at that as we're working with you. Mm-hmm. And then you see other people, the idea that comes to me is monks. I don't know why, maybe I've watched a lot of movies with monks, but where they have practiced so much mindfulness, skill building around their optimal zone, that there can be large crises and they are able to stay within their zone of optimal functioning. And that's really important as we look at where they're at is that this can grow. It can absolutely shrink. Things that shrink your um, peace window are things like illness, your environment, your support system, trauma, childhood experiences, your ability to process new emotions like Taylor was talking about. Things that grow the zone are things like breath, mindfulness trauma work trauma work support systems we see a lot of benefit then in group work and or in just inviting somebody into your life and physical movement exercise even just gentle physical movement can be something that can help you feel more peace because peace is i'm going to say it's going to be emotions are processed versus repressed so you're not going to have a lot of peace if you have a lot of repressed fear and anxieties. And that's why we, that's why we do our trauma work is mm-hmm. so that we can let that go and feel more peace in our lives. A lot of people that we work with or see aren't really feeling their emotions. 
they are either numbing, like Jen said, and that doesn't mean that you necessarily have an addiction, um, but you're doing anything that you can to not be overwhelmed by emotion. So again, numbing, escaping, trying to sensation seek, you're trying to feel something that's exciting so that we're not sitting in anything that's uncomfortable for us, which includes what are traditionally called positive emotions like peace because they're so uncomfortable for us because we have such little experience with them. And that's why sometimes in moments of calm and peace, now we have to pay attention and put things aside so we can actually feel it. So for me, when things are calm, I have to make sure I put my phone down and I'm not watching a TV show and I can just look. I love being out in nature brings a lot of peace for me because I can feel calm. I feel like my circumstances are calm. Environment makes a big difference. Um, and it's very in touch with my body, right? So when you're in nature, you're using all five senses. You're doing a lot of breath generally because I'm either moving or hiking or something like that. But even if I'm just still sitting still, I can picture like water running. And a lot of people who create like a calm image as they do, they use nature a lot. And so be aware that if you're struggling with that, get yourself out in nature, um, go into your five senses. I like to remember that um, all the senses are really important when it comes to moving into that optimal zone, whether you were in that fight flight or that freeze fawn mm -hmm. or just overly flooded in general. Uh, I've worked with a lot of different people from a lot of different areas and I've not yet met anyone who's like calm, safe space is like an inner city. <laughs> you know, I, it's usually something that's more nature balanced. And so I think you, yeah, definitely. I think going back to what's like a very grounding place for us that doesn't have as many things, um, Something also coming to mind when you guys are talking about that too, is just this idea of sometimes peace isn't just this positive emotion that you guys, are, you know, you guys are mentioning that it, it doesn't have to be just this positive, you know, happy emotion with peace. I think we often think about like, you know, peace, love and happiness and like everything is just like very positive, but peace can also just be the lack of the negative emotions. It can, it can be just the, you know, the fact that I'm not feeling bombarded. And so I think peace should be like kind of a happy neutral area where with what you're talking about with all these positive and negative emotions, I would say we associate peace as a positive emotion because it implies there's a lack of like a big um, stressor that's happening. Right. And, and that's important because it's not the lack of stressor. It's the ability mm -hmm. to handle your stressor yeah. that brings peace. Yeah. And so, but I think along with that too, it's, we can look at it and say like, peace can be a lot more of like this, instead of numbing neutral, but just like you said, like ability to handle neutral, like those are two different things. Numbing neutral implies that, you know, I can't handle it. So we're going to hide it, can't handle it. So we're going to put it in the closet, right? Handling it, being able to handle it neutral implies like, Hey, I can be in this really chill area right now. I know I'm going to handle it either way, but like right now, I I just feel like I don't have to handle it in this moment because I know I can handle it when I have more time or when I'm done experiencing this emotion right now. And so I think I I think of peace more like a room I can go to when everything out there is feeling overwhelming and, or like happy can be also overwhelming. Sad can be overwhelming. And peace is like this little neutral room where it's like, Hey, you get to decide what you want to do in here. 
to kind of calm down and then go back into the world of emotions a little bit. And so it, it kind of, it implies too, that there's a lot less you have to do to achieve that peace than we think. You don't have to have this beautiful setup of like, you know, your different bells and your different incense and your different, you know, meditation music, like peace can just be the fact of I'm giving myself a break for a minute. So I'm not becoming overstimulated or I'm not becoming like I have to act on it and right now. And then I get to go and approach that after because I feel like I can. As you're saying that, I think about people who chase peace. So they actually are kind of in that hyper arousal and mm-hmm. thinking it will get them to peace. But that is the very opposite of peace. Yeah. I think we all have those clients who like overdo therapy. <laughs> like all therapists have that client who's like, I want to get an A plus in therapy. So I'm doing this kind of therapy and that kind of therapy. And I'm doing this at home I'm and that at home. seven books a week. Yeah. I'm reading seven books a week. I do yoga for seven hours each day. And then I also do meditation. I also do this. And, and I often have to tell them like, can you just sit still? Like, that's my favorite assignment to give those times to people because I look at them and I'm like, you're doing, t- you're going to get burnt out on therapy and you can, and it's quite possible. And with them, they are. And so I usually have to tell them, like, I just want you to sit down and I want you to do nothing for the next 20 minutes. And that is hard for them. And they don't get peace right away. They get anxiety because for them, they're like, but I'm not doing enough to achieve peace. Like I haven't like bought into it enough to get it. Peace isn't a mountain you climb and plant your flag. Yeah. And so, but then as they work on that, that's when I notice they truly can get to that piece, which can lead to a lot of great things like confidence. It can lead to a lot of other emotions that we talk about, but until you've been able to achieve that peaceful feeling, there's no well-roundedness to it. It's not just like you need hypo hyper. There's also a middle ground that needs to happen there. And you can't have a scale where it's just two things hanging there. There needs to be that rod in the middle that holds things still. So that way the scale can then be used correctly. Right. So I think peace and those kinds of feelings are that rod in the middle that holds things. And then you've got the hypo hyper that can be balanced out a little bit. As you say that, I think of this idea too, that sometimes we think that other people create peace for us Mm -hmm. and we might get codependent in my environment needs to create my peace. My partner needs to create my peace. My parents, those kinds of things. You might say, well, my children don't allow peace, but that's not true peace. That is that is calm, right? That's the lack of stimulation. But true peace requires for us to stay in peace. We're not just going to be there and nothing's going to go on. That goes but actually into hypoarousal. Mm-hmm. That's called sleep, rest, those kinds of things. But true peace requires, what's the word you were using, Taylor? I used a lot of words. Challenge. There we go. (laughs) Yes, that was the, so peace requires enough challenge and then skill to meet that challenge. And that's what brings peace. And so as we look at peace and we're saying, what do I do for peace? We have to look at, I need skill and I need challenge and I need to find balance there or harmony because balance is hard sometimes. So in the last few minutes, if someone is coming to us and asking, how do I start the process of finding peace in my life? What would be some things you would say? Safety is the first place we need to start. That's why some of the people that we first experience peace with are people in a dangerous situation that get out of that dangerous situation. And the first thing they're going to feel is relief. 
Um, they're always really scared to get out of the dangerous situation because they have forgotten what it's like to not be in danger or they've only ever known danger. And so they're in a dangerous relationship, for example. They get a separation and they just experience this overwhelming relief and then experience peace for the first time in a long time. Without safety, without a modicum of safety, peace is going to be elusive. It's hard to invite peace into a place where it just doesn't thrive. I'm going to piggyback on peace to say once, or on safety to say that once you've found safety, you need to boundary your safety so that you can stay safe because boundaries really allow for more a more peaceful life too. Yeah, the without the boundary, they, they um, experience this overwhelming relief and peace. And they think, well, uh, this was so upsetting to have a separation that surely he or she will be better now. And they end the separation and things go right back to the way they were. And um, the second thing to do is is uh, trauma work for any trauma that uh, needs to be resolved. And emotional work usually needs to go hand in hand with that. The ability to be aware of our emotions and regulate those emotions. And uh, self-care, of course. Yeah, it's just about the idea of you need to know the map of what's going on. And you need to just be aware of what emotions are what and properly labeling them. I think we're going to feel very anti-peace, right? If we are thinking we're experiencing one emotion and we find out that that's actually not the true feeling associated with that emotion or that's not truly what's happening. And so I think part of that peace comes from the idea of I know what's happening and I know what I'm experiencing and I can label it and kind of know what I'm going through with that. So I think labeling that emotion is a very important part of finding peace. I also back to the environment too. It's labeling and seeing like, am I in an environment that I truly can experience peace, right? With like what you're saying. If I can't, if I'm in an environment where I know, like for those of us who are in therapy, we don't do therapy with couples who are in an abusive relationship because we know that they can't go home and work on the things that we're talking about. Right. And we also know it could perpetually like make it a worse situation yeah Yeah, so for a couple or for a person if she's coming to my office or he is coming to my office and they're saying i can't find peace but i know that there's an abusive situation going on in the home i think i look at them and i say you know what there's some ways to find peace but you're not going to find the same lasting peace while you're continually putting yourself through a trauma situation so you have to understand like you might find some good moments of relief but that's not going to guarantee actual peace, judging by the fact of like you're putting yourself in a situation by being in this relationship right now where it's going to continue to be unsafe. So peace can't just thrive there, right? Yeah, to clarify, we don't do couples therapy in that situation. Individual therapy looks like focusing on safety first. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important too, as we wrap up, that we recognize too, that if you're saying I can only feel peace if someone else or something else changes, that that's a safety issue possibly and or a codependence issue. And so peace isn't found through and in other people. It's found in yourself and you can do that with your work. You don't. It doesn't require anyone else. And it goes back to a boundary. I can't put a boundary on someone else. I need to have that on myself. So in that situation would be, I'm going to move out of that situation. That's the only way I'm going to achieve peace. It's not going to be once they do this. But I think that that all works together. Peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. 
And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.